This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better it was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly so you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues including cuts scrapes burns sunburns rashes other types of skin damage it's totally safe non-toxic suitable on all types of skin even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin this is also safe for the young members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500,000 happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients, active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family. So to get your own active skin repair, go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20% off your order when you use the code shameless. That's activeskinrepair.com. Use the code shameless for 20% off your order. Activeskinrepair.com, code shameless. This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 163. Show notes for this episode can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 163. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean, and I'm here to give you and other passionate, dedicated moms the tools you need to bridge the gap between motherhood and living the life of your dreams. I'm also here to help you be a little more shameless every day, because if you aren't building a life you're extraordinarily proud of, what kind of legacy are you building? So let's dive in. Support for the Shameless Mom Academy comes from Kind, makers of healthy and delicious snack bars. To try 10 Kind bars for free, just pay shipping, go to kindsnacks.com slash shameless. That's kind, K-I-N-D, snacks.com slash shameless for full details. Hello, Shameless Moms. We are back from Europe and we've been back for four days now. So we're, I think maybe over the jet lag. I don't want to say that too soon. We got back mid morning on Monday and we were up for like 24 hours straight and we went to bed Monday night and Vinny and I woke up at 2am on Monday and never went back to sleep. Oh my gosh. But we had an amazing trip. So it's been worth a few days of jet lag. And I think we all slept until like after 6am this morning, which was really nice. So I think we've survived the worst of it. If you haven't followed me on Instagram and checked out the pictures, I posted lots of pictures of our trip over there. So you can go to the Shameless Mom Academy on Instagram and you'll see all those pictures. So we had a really great trip. I can't say enough about how amazing Vinny was. We had kind of like low expectations because we didn't want to be disappointed. So we were like, well, there's probably going to be days where like we have to shift plans or like go home and take a nap midday. Or like there's probably going to be a few days where just like he has meltdowns because we're changing time zones so dramatically and keeping him up probably later at night than normal. And so we went in like with these expectations of like, 
we might not totally be in control of our plans and that's okay. And I will tell you, he was a freaking rock star. Like he did not nap the whole time and he is a napper. Like he's going to be five in a week and he still naps every day at school and at least one day on the weekend, sometimes both days. So he naps almost hundred percent of the time and he did not nap for like 11 days straight in Europe. And also he handled it just fine. We were like, okay, like if he doesn't nap at home, if he doesn't nap for more than two days in a row, he just like there will be some epic meltdown of sorts on day three where you're just like, oh my gosh, this is not ever worth it again to let him not nap. And he went 11 days in a row without a nap and was up late at night until like 10 o'clock most nights and did amazing. I was laughing because there was a few nights where he fell asleep like on the subway or the train on the way home from somewhere. He fell asleep on me. We went to this major fireworks show, which was amazing. We went to the biggest fireworks show in all of Europe, which happened to be in Paris when we were there. And it was two hours of like literally every song you were like, this has got to be the finale. This is the most amazing thing I've seen. And then another song would come on and it would be even more amazing than the one before in terms of the way they manage like the music and the fireworks. And it just kept building and building. It was so, so cool. But he fell asleep in the middle of that. And it was ridiculously loud. The fireworks show, we got to sit like it was so weird. Like you would think, I know here in Seattle, when there's a fireworks show, like the masses come out, like you almost don't even want to go because it's just so crazy and chaotic. And this was in a park and it wasn't crazy and chaotic. And people were just chilling on the lawn. And the fireworks show was in this park throughout the whole park. And so you were like looking up at this hillside of the park and the fireworks were happening in this lower field, which we were right up next to. But then in addition to that, they were like happening up the hillside. So they had like the fireworks coming out from like randomly behind a tree, if firework thing would happen. And at the same time, like this big fountain that like went up the hillside, like that would all of a sudden light up and fireworks would come out of that. And then there'd be like stuff down in the field. And it was phenomenal. Then he fell asleep like halfway through, totally just slept through like all these booms and super loud music. And it was pretty funny. And we definitely got some stares where people were clearly like, why aren't you taking your child home? He actually fell asleep on my husband one night in a restaurant. And I was like, I am a person who looks at people with their children out at 10 o'clock and says like, why aren't you taking your kids home? Like this is inappropriate. And then there we were in the middle of Paris with our kid like sleeping on a table at 10 o'clock at night. So we did try to get home by 10 every night and relative to Seattle time, like that was the middle of the day Seattle time. So I was like, it's not totally off of his schedule, but granted when he's not napping by 10 o'clock Paris time, he was pretty tired. So anyways, all in all, it was a really phenomenal trip, and I'm very excited that Vinny did so well as a traveler because now I feel like we can do more trips like that with him. So, And those of you who have followed the show know that one of the reasons we did this trip was that this was one of the deals that we made, that if we cannot have a second child, we are going to do things we couldn't do if we had a second child. And so when IVF failed a year ago and we were like, this is the end of us you know, pursuing having a second baby, I knew that we knew travel was one of the high priority items. And if IVF had worked last summer, we would have a newborn right now. And so to time this trip when we timed it was pretty cool because instead of feeling like this loss of like, oh, you know, if IVF had worked, we'd be home with a new baby and that would be so magical. And in reality, newborn land isn't even that magical, right? But there was definitely like, as this time of year has approached, I've definitely thought about that a little bit. So to have this trip there in place of that, it's not like it took away the loss or lessened the loss or didn't make me like thoughtful and reflective of that whole thing. But it gave us something to be excited about, something to look forward to. And I feel like it really helped define us as a family unit of three, where it really felt like 
we are complete as is. And I feel like up until this trip, there's been a little bit of like, maybe there's room for more. And like, I've just felt this need to kind of keep pushing it, pushing the boundaries of like whether or not our family is complete. And I really on this trip felt like we are complete right now. And who knows, maybe in a year or two, I'll be on the foster child train, which I've definitely been thinking about. But for right now, I feel really content as a unit of three. And this is the first time I felt this way. In probably since Vinny's been born, because ever since he's been born, I've been thinking, how are we going to go about like, are we going to be able to have a second baby? When do we do that? I wasn't super excited about it, but I felt like we needed to try and it took us so long to get pregnant with Vinny. So there was like all these pieces that I've been thinking about for five years now, because he was born in a week, he'll be five years old. So for five years, I have been thinking about how are we going to go about this? What are we going to do? Will it work out? And so this trip really kind of brought some closure to all that, where I could just feel like this is us. This is how we are. We're complete just like this. And it's amazing as is. And that feels really, really good. So that's been really cool. And probably one of the unexpected outcomes of this trip, for sure, like something that I hadn't really considered feeling, but it's definitely been pretty profound since we've been home. So that's been cool. So what I want to talk about today is the Eiffel Tower, as Vinny calls it. The rest of the world calls it the Eiffel Tower, but Vinny calls it the Eiffel Tower. So we went to the Eiffel Tower in Paris, and this is something Vinny was super excited about. And because he was so excited about it, we decided, okay, we need to go to the very top because like, if you're going to go, go all the way, right? So (laughs) if you've ever met me, you know, I am not a fan of heights. I am not a fan of fair rides. Like, I don't like anything that goes up high. I don't like anything that goes in circles, any of that. So early in our trip, we spent the first four days of our trip in Luxembourg visiting some friends. And when we got there, they were like, oh my gosh, you guys, like this fair is going on. It's a big deal. We've missed it the last couple of years, but we totally have to take you. And all I'm thinking is like, oh my gosh, there's going to be rides. I hate rides. (laughs) Like, I mean, I can do like bumper cars, but like, I don't want anything that goes up high. I don't want anything that goes in circles. So they're like, oh, we have to do this like Ferris wheel. And then there's like all these other rides with like free falls and stuff, which I was just like, absolutely not. But Vinny likes Ferris wheels. So I'm like, okay, we'll do this Ferris wheel. And I go into this stuff always trying to be very optimistic and like pretending I'm excited because I was raised without a lot of sense of adventure in my family and in my household. It was like from day to day, week to week, month to month, year to year, everything was extremely predictable. We didn't do adventurous stuff, which is fine. But I also feel like being in a bubble of predictability made me very timid and fearful of change and transition and trying new things. And so I'm very conscientious of shifting that for Vinny. And especially because Vinny, I think, is going to be super type A, like his mama. I want to be really aware of exposing him to new experiences early on so that he will embrace new things. And so like our transitions into school with him were really, really difficult. Transitions with babysitters can be really challenging. So new things can be very overwhelming for him. So it's been a big priority for me to have him try new things, push limits, push boundaries. And he's really starting to embrace some of that. So I have to go with it. So like when he wants to go on the Ferris wheel, I'm like, okay, we're going on the Ferris wheel. Even though in the back of my mind, I'm like throwing up and having diarrhea at the same time. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat 
chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. This episode is supported by Earn In. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with EarnIn. EarnIn is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Super, super easy to use. You just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. So the app is free. You can leave a tip if you want. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So here's the thing. Sometimes getting close to your next paycheck, next pay period, and you realize, oh gosh, like paycheck doesn't come until next Friday, but we have this event that we need to attend this weekend and we need money for it. Or we have to buy a gift for someone. Or, oh my gosh, like my kid tore through their shoes and now we have to buy new shoes this weekend and the money's not in the bank yet. So Earnin can help you access the money you've already earned at work by giving you this little bit of money in advance. So make Earnin part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind. So for our listeners, all you need to do is download Earn In today. It's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, and you can download it in Google Play or the Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Shameless Mom under podcast when you sign up. So there'll be a little place where you can, where it says, what podcast did you hear about them on? Type in Shameless Mom under podcast. This helps to show support for our show and our advertisers. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust member FDIC. So we went to this Luxembourg fair. We go on the Ferris wheel and I go into it thinking, and this is what I do now with heights. I'm always like, this time I'm not going to be scared. And as soon as we get in the Ferris wheel gondola or whatever the little seat thing is, as soon as we get in there, like my belly is just like falling out of me. My heart is racing and I'm just praying for it to be over like as fast as possible. And of course, like we're in this little gondola thing sitting on seats, but there's a floor in there. So like we're with other kids and Vinny's like, as we're getting in, like kids are jumping on the floor and stuff. And I'm just like clenching everything in my body. Like, oh my gosh, like nobody breathes too much or exhale too powerfully because this whole thing might just like fly off into thin air. 
because this is what I think about. I think about like, hmm, who constructed this ride? What are the regulations of fair rides in Luxembourg? How safe is it? What if an earthquake happened right now? Like, what if a cable broke? That's all I think of the whole time we're on this thing. So we get through the Ferris wheel ride and I'm okay by the end. Actually, once we got done loading the whole thing, that's like the most painful part is the whole ride gets loaded and you're just like creeping up super slowly. Once we started moving a little faster, I was like, okay, like I know we're getting closer to the end now. So that felt better. But after doing that, I was like, I might be a disaster at the Eiffel Tower. Like this could be really ugly because this heights thing, it is not getting better with age. It is not getting better with experience and with practice. Like I'm putting on my big girl pants. I am putting on a brave face, but I am like dying inside. But I was like, we have to do it. And so I pumped myself up over the next few days. We left Luxembourg. We got to Paris, we spent a couple days there. So the Eiffel Tower tour was on our third day in Paris, I think. And we were going mid-afternoon. So we went out to the area that the Eiffel Tower's in midday. And then we had these tickets to go up at three o'clock. So we're just like hanging around waiting for when we're going to go up. And when it finally is time to go, by that point, I had been like staring at this monument for a long time, bracing myself for like, what is this going to feel like? And noticing how small the top of the Eiffel Tower is compared to the size of its base, where like when you look up there, you're like, hmm, one gust of wind is all it would take. Like that thing will just fall right over. And then when they tell you on the, like, as you hear tour guides and stuff going through and they'll be like, this has been around for like a hundred, I don't remember how long it's when the Eiffel Tower was built. But when they say things like this was built a hundred years ago, to me, I'm like, hmm, not comforting, not comforting that this is a hundred years old. Like there's probably some things on here that are about to break. That's all I can think of. Like how often has this been maintained in a hundred years? Is it like, do they check on all the nuts and bolts every single week, maybe every day, or like, have they not checked on things in a hundred years? So I actually would prefer an Eiffel Tower that was like built maybe three months ago so that we know that everything has been recently checked, but it's also been tested a few times. Like that would have worked better for me. So this happened in a few different places. It actually happened and we went up to the top of soccer core, which was amazing. And one of my favorite highlights of the trip, but we were going up this 300 step, tiny little spiral staircase to the top of this huge church, which is hundreds of years old. And again, I'm thinking like multiple hundreds of years old, like it's probably about to crumble down the hillside. And so I know that the flip side of that is like, if you think about it, on a more rational level, if it's been around for multiple hundreds of years, it's already withstood the test of time. It's withstood lots of natural disasters and it's just fine. But all I think of is like, oh my gosh, these steps could crumble out from me out from under me at any given moment because this is like multiple hundreds of years old. Like this is totally unsafe. So it's all perspective people, right? Okay. So we get in line to go to the top of the Eiffel Tower and the first thing you do is you get on these elevators that take you up to the second floor or the second. So there's like a, if you look at the Eiffel Tower, you'll see like a kind of a first level and then a second level that are like in the lower third of the structure. And then there's no place where a person could stand until you get to the very, very top, which is significantly higher than these lower two landings. So we get in the elevator and my presumption is because we have these special tickets, they're called summit tickets. My presumption is that because we have summit tickets that we are getting in this elevator and we're going straight to the top. So I'm like, we're just going to get in. We're going to go to the top. We're going to do our thing. We're going to come down. Done. Like I can handle this. I can take some deep breaths. It'll all be fine. So we get in the elevator and we start going up. And as we're going up, I'm just like the land below is just getting smaller and smaller. We're getting higher and higher. And I'm getting super, super nervous. So we go past the first floor. 
which I think is the second floor because I thought we had bypassed the first floor like right after we got on. So we go past one floor that I think is the second floor and then we go up, up, up. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like it's taking a long time. When do we get off? Finally, the elevator stops. We get off and I get out. And I am, of course, paranoid about Vinny getting anywhere near the edge, even though there's like fencing, gating, wall structures, like he couldn't like jump out from there. But I'm still like, I don't want him anywhere near the edge. I don't want to be anywhere near the edge either. My husband is like, let's come take pictures. I'm like, no, no, I will just be over here clinging to the wall for dear life. So we're up there for a while and it's a narrow space. And so you kind of have to follow the crowd in this loop and you go around this loop that's like the perimeter of the floor. And then you end up in a line to an elevator. And so I'm thinking like, let's just get this done. Let's go in our perimeter, take a couple pictures, get in the elevator line and get the heck back down on the ground. So we're doing this and I'm noticing, I start to get a little more comfortable. Like I inch away from the wall a few steps and like my husband take a couple pictures of us, like with me not hugging the wall where we're actually standing with the view of Paris in the background. And I'm noticing how windy it is. It's like super windy. So all I'm thinking is like, oh my gosh, Again, one gust of wind, the whole thing could fall down. So I'm just thinking like, this is windy. I'm really nervous. It's cold. And when do we get to this line for this elevator to go back down? So I'm noticing we're like getting closer and closer to the elevator line. So I'm like, oh, thank God. So my husband says to me, as we start approaching the elevator line, he says something about like, I wonder if it's going to be this windy at the top or something. And I was like, what? (laughs) He's like, yeah, we're still going up more. And I was like, what are you talking about? I thought we were up all the way. He's like, no. He goes, look up. So I look up and we're nowhere near the top. We are on the second level, which is very close to the ground relative to the very top. And I'm already like pooping my pants on the second level. So I look at him. I'm like, I thought we were already at the top. He's like, no, we're still going to the top. He's like, look at the elevator sign right there that says summit. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I thought we were going straight to the top. I thought we were already there. I can't believe we have to go up more. He's like, no, we're going like way up more. Like he thought it was ridiculous that I thought we were all the way up already. And I'm just trying to be like, I'm basically, I'm like, I'm going to die now because if I don't die from the Eiffel Tower, like blowing over in the wind, I'm going to just die from anxiety. And so my stomach is just like killing me. My heart is racing. Vinny at that point was getting tired and he was a little bit cold. So he wanted to be held. So I was like, sure, I'll hold you. And he's like, he's large. like He's almost five. He's, I don't know, 42 pounds or something. He's definitely like too large to be holding for long periods of time. Hey, mamas, just wanted to pop in and talk about our sponsor for today, Kind Bars. Kind Bars saved us in Europe. I'm telling you, finding gluten-free snacks for Vinny as we were traveling was a challenge. And so we relied on bars constantly. So I just so appreciate that Kind Bars are gluten-free and they're healthy and nutritious, high quality ingredients, and a great mix of carbohydrates, protein, and fats to keep my kid energized. He had a lot to keep up with following Vince and I around Europe. We use Kind Bars for snacks before meals, after meals. We use Kind Bars for breakfast. So we went through a lot of bars. I think I actually brought 36 bars with us and we went through a significant amount of them. I think we came home with just like maybe five. So if you're looking for a nutritious grab and go snack with high quality ingredients, with a great blend of your macronutrients, your proteins, your fats, and your carbohydrates, Kind Bars are for you. To get 10 Kind Bars delivered to your door for free, go to kindsnacks.com slash shameless. That's kind, K-I-N-D, snacks.com slash shameless to get 
10 Kind Bars delivered to your door for free. You just pay shipping. And you can also join the Kind Snacks Club while you're at kindsnacks.com. So again, that's kindsnacks.com slash shameless. And now back to the show. But I was like, yes, I will hold you. So we're standing in the line to go to the next elevator to go to the very top. And I'm trying not to panic. And I'm holding him and he's laying on me. And all I'm thinking is that if I die, this will be the last thing I felt. And I can die happy that like I will have died with the weight of my child on me, which I think is the best feeling in the world. And the thing I miss the most from Vinny being smaller is like having him in the ergo and just having like his weight on my chest. That is, I feel like the best feeling of motherhood. And so I'm like, cool. If I die, I've died in like the most magical moment I could possibly imagine because this is what I would want. I would want him like on my chest, his head on my shoulder. Like this is perfect. So I can die now. I'm ready. (laughs) Even though I was still very scared. (laughs) I was like, at least I'm getting a really good final moment. So we get in the elevator and we start going up and the doors to the elevator, by the way. So it's all glass surrounding the whole elevator and the doors, like there's no like fence outside the door or anything. It's like, if the doors like accidentally opened, you would just go flying out like into the ether, down onto the ground. Like it's crazy. And there's not even like, there's signage on the doors that say like to not push the doors open because you might pinch your fingers. There's not any signage that like, if you push the doors open, you might die. It's just a finger pinch warning. And so I am making sure I put Vinny down. I'm no longer holding him. And I put him down and I make him stand in the middle of the elevator. The elevator is packed. They pack these elevators. So I'm like, just put us in the middle. I don't want to be anywhere near the glass. I don't want to be any near these doors that open where you can just die immediately or maybe pinch your finger. And so we're going up, up, up. And I'm just like, trying to breathe and we get to the top and at the top as you would guess it's more windy than on the second level and it's way higher up and I literally like I could not step away from the wall so like we get out of the elevator and I'm like I'm just going to be here on the wall and again you go in this like it's really crowded so you automatically you're just kind of funneled into this circle that goes around this little loop around the very top perimeter of the Eiffel Tower and then you end up back in an elevator line to go down finally Thank God. I know where the line to go down in the elevator is though. I had heard that there was champagne at the top. So I say to my husband, I heard there's champagne at the top. You need to find it right now. And so we start doing this loop. And luckily the champagne is like very close to where you enter the very top, where you get off the elevator and you enter the top level of the Eiffel Tower. So we find the champagne and it's like the most expensive drink. Alcohol in Paris is like ridiculously cheap. Like a nice bottle of wine is like five euros, which is maybe like $6 US. So the champagne is like $10 a glass. And my husband's like, well, they're very proud of their champagne. I'm like, I will pay $100 for a glass of champagne. And I am like slamming it. And I might need more than one glass. And so he gets the champagne. I drink it. We take like a very quick picture with it. I drink it as fast as possible. And then I'm just like clinging to the wall again. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily, It's very digestible, and the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, 
IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explained. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. Well, hey there, Busy Mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Eventually, I step out like very momentarily from the wall to take a couple pictures. I step back to the wall and I'm like, let's just get back on this elevator and go down. So by the time we start going back down, like I have stepped forward. I have looked at the view a little bit. When we first got off of the elevator, I couldn't feel my arms. I was so nervous. And I remember like holding Vinny's hand and being like, I can't feel my hand like holding his hand. I can see that I'm holding his hand. I can't feel my arms. And I was so worried about him being anywhere not in arm's reach. And of course, like he wants to like run around and look at things. And I'm like, oh my God, like, no, there is no running around and looking at things. Like you need to be holding a hand. You need to be with me against the wall. And my husband's just laughing at me. And he's like, can we maybe take some pictures where you're not so tense? And I'm like, I'm trying not to be tense, but I'm really tense. And I'm trying to pretend with Vinny. I'm like, this is so fun, but I'm like not playing it off at all. So as we're finally, we get to the elevator line to go down And this whole thing, by the way, has probably been like, I don't know, 20 minutes. I mean, we probably spent like 10 minutes on the second floor. We got in the line to go up, which probably another 10 minutes. We're up at the top for maybe 10 minutes and get in the line to come down. So I mean, like the whole thing from the bottom of the Eiffel Tower to the top and back down is like probably 30 to 40 minutes, but I'm in these high spaces for probably 20 or so minutes, like not a super long time. On the way back down, I start just feeling like the most amazing sense of relief And it's funny because like you're still up high for quite a while as you're coming down. But knowing that you're going down, I'm just like, this is amazing. Like, I've never felt so amazing in my life. I've never felt so positive and optimistic about living. Like, the sense of relief is just so overwhelming. And then we get back down on the ground and I'm like, that was awesome. That was so great. I don't ever want to do it again, but I'm so glad we did that. And so I started thinking, and then we walked around for quite a while after that, getting pictures, like looking at different areas around the Eiffel Tower and taking, my husband knew some really great viewpoints from when he had been to Paris years ago. So we were like walking around and doing that. And then we stopped and had drinks at this little restaurant where we were looking at the Eiffel Tower and it was very fun because it was all on the ground. So I could have fun finally. So that was really nice. And I started thinking about kind of the power of this experience and 
what I learned from it. I was like, I have to learn something from this. If I'm going to feel tortured through these experiences and trying to be this like fun, adventurous mom, I have to learn something from it. So there's four things that I learned. The first thing that I learned was that sitting with discomfort will eventually make you more comfortable. So I learned that on the second level of the Eiffel Tower when I thought that we were at the very top. But when I first got off of that elevator and it was really windy and I was just like, I'm going to cling back here. I'm just going to sit back against this wall. Like I don't need to walk around. I don't need to see things. I don't need to like look over the edge. But after I was up there for a few minutes, I was like, okay, like I can start to take a step a little closer to where I can like get a good view. And I can start to like let Vinny walk a little bit closer to the outer edge. And I started to get a little more comfortable on that level. All that comfort was definitely gone as soon as I realized we were not actually at the top. But when I thought we were at the top, there was moments that I got more comfortable and I was like, okay, like I can start to exhale a little bit. Like the Eiffel Tower is not falling over right now. So maybe we're going to be okay. So I definitely felt like, and I would say this at the top as well. It didn't totally ever set in at the top where I got totally comfortable. But in both situations, sitting with discomfort, Over the course of just a few minutes, it got like a little bit easier. And I think that's such a great metaphor for everything in life that like when things are really uncomfortable, you just sit with them and they get more comfortable. And I came back into town and my gym flooded our first night back in town, which has been a huge disaster. But again, like it was really overwhelming, exhausting, maddening because this flood was like we believe due to a sprinkler malfunction on the part of a landscape company. And That was a very frustrating thing to come home to. But also after two days, I was like, okay, fine. It's manageable. I can deal with this. Like it's all going to be okay. So again, like super uncomfortable, super annoyed, but it's getting more comfortable. Like we've had to have the gym with like only partially usable space for the whole week and what probably into next week as well. And it's okay. Like we're all going to be fine. So anything where things are like uncomfortable or overwhelming or frustrating, or you're like, oh my gosh, I just, how am I going to get through this? Why is this happening right now? It gets more comfortable as you just sit with it. Also, I learned that from way up high, you can see how much you're missing out on. So I thought before we went up to the top of the Eiffel Tower, we'd been in Paris for two and a half days at that point. I was like, we've already like seen everything. We've seen so much of the city. I was like, we've basically seen most of Paris. And then we'll go to the Eiffel Tower and like, but then we will have like pretty much seen everything. Okay. When we got to the top, I was like, holy cow, we haven't seen anything. We've seen like a couple tiny little pockets of what there is to see in Paris. That was pretty mind blowing because in my mind, I felt like we'd seen so many things in those first couple of days that like there couldn't possibly be that much more. That was pretty cool. And also, again, a really good analogy for life that when you're in your own world, in your own bubble, you kind of feel like I've done it all. I've seen it all. Like, I don't need to see that. And even when you think about travel, I remember when I was young, I babysat for a family and the mom said to me one time, the mom said a lot of inappropriate things to me over time. But one of the inappropriate things that she said to me was she's like, yeah, your mom only takes you guys to Spokane every year. Like you don't get to see anything else. Why doesn't she take you on other vacations? Well, my mom was a single parent and every year, every summer, we went for a week or two to Spokane, Washington to visit her family. And it was when we saw my grandma and my cousins and my aunts and uncles. And it was basically like Disneyland for my sister and I. Like we spent weeks packing and preparing and being like so excited for this trip because it was the biggest thing we'd ever experienced. And so every year when we did it, it was just like, we're going to go do that big thing again. Our worldview was very limited, but we thought it was super cool. Like we didn't know there was anything else to see. 
So when we went to Disneyland when I was in the fifth grade, which is the only other trip I ever took like as a family vacation growing up, I was blown away just by like getting on an airplane. It was like a big freaking deal. Flying to California and like, I think we had a, got a rental car and like sleeping in a hotel. Like these were all brand new experiences for me. And I was like, wow, like California is different than Seattle and Spokane. Who knew? Never mind like the experience of Disneyland itself, just the experience of traveling. So when you're in your little bubble, you often think like, I've done it all. I've seen it all. There's nothing better than this. That can be a cool. Sure. Like it's great to feel like there's really great things in your own, you know, everyday experiences, but also to be able to step out of that and get a bigger view is pretty powerful. And so whether it is looking at Paris from up above and realizing how much of the city you haven't seen, or it's just like taking a road trip somewhere you've never been, or like going on a family hike rather than just going to a park and seeing the same playground that you always see. Little things where you can just have exposure to something new and different that helps you understand how much more there is to see and how much bigger the world is and the worldview is than just what you are used to experiencing. Pretty powerful. The third thing I learned is that you can cling to what you know, like the wall I was desperately clinging to on both levels of the Eiffel Tower, but little reaches out of your comfort zone create momentum and progress. So in both levels of the Eiffel Tower that we were on, I was desperately clinging to those walls. Like, I don't need to see anything. I don't need to like participate in the stuff that's going on on the outer edges. I'm going to cling to this wall and be here until it's time to get on the elevator to go down. But because my husband wanted to take pictures and because Vinny wanted to go see things, I took like a few steps in different directions. And what that did was it allowed me to be like, okay, like I took a step and I didn't die. So maybe I can take one more step. And that is very analogous to life as well, that it's totally normal to cling to what is comfortable to you. So maybe like staying in a career that you don't like totally makes sense that you would stay there if it's secure and stable and it's what you know. And especially if you have financial obligations to your family, totally makes sense to cling to what you know. But if you start to reach a little bit out of your comfort zone and maybe like pursue some classes that would allow you to take your career to the next level, or maybe pursue like a new position in your current workplace, or maybe pursue like a little side hustle where maybe you do like your own entrepreneurial thing and just see how that goes. All those tiny little steps can create momentum and progress and really shock you in terms of what you can do and where you have power. That's pretty cool too. And then the final thing that I learned at the Eiffel Tower was that there is relief in doing something hard and scary, and it feels really magical and powerful. And so I have talked a lot about stepping out of my comfort zone and that I really push myself out of my comfort zone as much as I can, because I think that it really makes me grow, but there's definitely limits to what I'll do. Like going on a ropes course, not my jam. I always think like, it would be so fun to be on the amazing race, but I know there'd be some obstacle with heights where I'd be like, yeah, just send me home. I'm not doing that. And so I know that even though I step out of my comfort zone a lot, there's still limits for me and heights is definitely one of them. But I'm really challenging myself because of what I want Vinny to experience. I'm challenging myself to do these uncomfortable things. And even though some of them are really ways that I hadn't imagined pushing myself in the past and the relief that I feel in doing those hard and scary things, it does feel really magical and really powerful. So I'm not saying that I love it as I'm going into it. I'm not even saying that I'm loving it as I'm in the middle of it. Like I'm kind of terrified the whole time, but when it's done, the relief feels really, really good. And that feels powerful and that feels magical. And that feels like, oh my gosh, like I did something really hard. 
And when you do those hard things, it gives you courage in other areas of your life. And it makes you more powerful in other areas of your life. And it makes you more strong in other areas of your life. So I think it's really, really valuable, even if it's terrifying the entire time. So that's what I learned from the Eiffel Tower. I'm glad that I did it. I don't ever want to do it again. But I'm, like I said, I think it was a really valuable experience and it was cool to have some good takeaways at the end. So with that, I'll give you a little sneak peek. Next Monday's solo episode is going to be about Vinny turning five. So he turns five on September 23rd. And next week, I'm going to be talking about my five biggest surprises in my five years of motherhood. I got some good stuff planned for this one. So I look forward to chatting about that next week. And then, of course, we have our interview on Wednesday. So make sure you tune in for that. If this is your first time listening to the Shameless Mom Academy, know that we do release new episodes every Monday and Wednesday. So please do tune in. You can subscribe to the show. If this episode was helpful to you, please do share it out. You can share this episode by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 163. That will give you a link to the episode and you can share it out. Sharing the Shameless Mom Academy is how the show grows. It's how I can help more moms. It's how you can help your other mom friends by sharing the things that I talk about in the show and by sharing the, let me just say it, by sharing my wisdom, right? But by sharing my stories and by sharing some of the practical advice that I offer here, it really can help you help other moms. So I encourage you to share this episode if it was helpful to you or if you think it might be helpful to someone else who maybe needs a little bit of a push outside of their comfort zone. Also, make sure that you come back and join us on Wednesday for an interview. Our next interview is a good one, as always. And if this is your first time listening to the Shameless Mom Academy, know that we release new episodes every Monday and Wednesday. So you can subscribe and never miss an episode if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review. That will drop you into Apple Podcasts where you can click the subscribe button and you can also write a review. So you can write a review while you're there. Just let me know what you think of the show. I'm going to be doing an episode with reading some fan emails shortly in a couple of weeks. So keep an eye out for that. I'm excited to do some sharing there. So if you want to share your experience listening to the Shameless Mom Academy, definitely leave me a review over at shamelessmom.com forward slash review. And I might be able to read your review in an upcoming episode. So thank you for being here today. Thank you for spending time with me in the Shameless Mom Academy. I appreciate you and I hope you have a great day. And no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory. Two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And this is our new podcast, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. What happens when your creative spark just seems to disappear? Gone. Poof. Bye. See ya. What happens when life gets in the way of your creativity instead of nourishing it? That's what happened to Molly and me. We felt like the thing that drove us creatively stopped working and impending doom had in fact impended. Totally. So we decided to do something about it. And that was steal ideas about getting unstuck from the most creative people we can find. We talked to guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. And we're not just talking Bob Ross type paint on paper artists here, though we talk to them too. We're talking to actors, creative directors, dancers, and people who are working hard to be their best creative selves in a world that can sometimes feel 
real uncreative. We all have something to teach each other, so let's steal their ideas together. Join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Pandemics, school calendars, world events, lack of sleep, oh, get out of their life gunk. And let's get back to your best creative self. Subscribe to Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. You're not going to want to miss an episode. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking it.